Welcome in everybody to the Grant and Brody Show. Today we are live right now at least at the Jacob Davis household again to record episode two of our Bible study series Because He Lives. And I know what you're thinking, it's a little bit different today. Usually Grant is bringing y'all in, welcoming y'all in, but it's me today, so um, just be grateful for that. But the reason I'm bringing y'all in today is because Grant is actually leading this Bible study today, and we are excited for what he has in store with this. But um, today is June 21st, 2023. It's currently 9.21 p.m., not as late as usual. A little earlier. It's a little bit earlier. A little earlier. And the last time we recorded a Bible study was back at Maddie Lou 410 in the dorm. Our last show in 410. Our last show completely in 410. Uh-huh. And it and Grant, it feels like it's been forever really, it, since that It moment. really does. And it really hasn't been that long, but it feels like it an feels eternity like it's been ago. a while. Yeah. Yeah. So just in case this is your first time listening, if you didn't listen to the first one, we started this Bible study because we felt like we were being called to do so and we felt like it, God was calling us to use our platform um, to start a Bible study, to, to do to do our part in sharing the Word, and we felt like that's what we were called to do. So we named it Because He Lives, and um, we went through uh, some Scripture, and that's what we finally came to decide on, and it's Hebrews seven twenty four and 25. I'm not going to read it, but that's our, our basis Scripture for this Bible study podcast. And, um, yeah, so we'll get going. Uh, I'll bring Grant in. As he starts his Bible study, but also I don't want to forget Jacob's here as well. We're at his Absolutely. house. We're at his house. So I, I hope he would be here. I hope he, he is be here. here if we're yeah, at his I'm house. glad to be here. He leaves well. for Guatemala next week, so he, he won't be with us for episode ten. But he is here now. But before um, Grant gets going, I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day, and we thank you for the many blessings that you give us each and every day. God, I thank you for allowing us to have this platform, to have this moment to share your word, God. And I pray that today, while Grant speaks to us. I pray that each and every listener takes something out of it. I pray that we take something out of it, God. And I pray that you touch our hearts and you allow us to learn something new and allow us to use your word to reach others, God, and further your kingdom. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, down the cross for our sins so that we could even have a chance at eternal life. I pray this in your most precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brody. And tonight I'm going to open up with a question, and y'all don't have to answer this. I just want y'all to think about these questions over the course of the uh, of of the show, so so I'm gonna open up with two questions. No, are you looking for the ovation of men or an ovation from God? Do you and do you want people on earth to sing your praises, or do you want God to say, "Well done, my good and faithful one"? That, think about those as we go throughout over the next few moments. So tonight I'm gonna dig deeper into the lives of two men, Ananias and Stephen, and. We're going to be in book, Acts chapter 5. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5 tonight. We're going to go Acts chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. We're going to read verses all throughout those chapters. But one of those men, Ananias and Stephen, was killed for dishonoring God and dishonoring the church, while the other man was killed for standing up for what he knew was right. So let's meet Ananias. We'll start in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And it says, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and his wife's knowledge and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself with some some of the proceeds and bought part of it and laid it at the and brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse three. But Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold? 
Did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came among all who had heard this. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Remember that. Young men rose and buried him. Remember that for future reference, too. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for this much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in and they found her dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon those of the whole church and upon all who had heard these things. So, just knowing Ananias and his wife Sapphira, and uh, they tried to do things to benefit themselves, not benefit the church. And look where it got them. They both died and all of that. So now let's look at Stephen and what his life. And I've got a few points we're going to cover on Stephen too, but I'm going to read when Stephen was captured, in ver- which is Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. So we'll start in verse 8, and it says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, doing great wonders and signs among the people, then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and and the Syrians and the Alexandrians, of those that come from Sicilia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him say blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we had heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth would destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So there are some things to take away from Stephen here. Compared, I mean, compared to Ananias and his wife, Stephen was a man of godly character. And Stephen J. Cole wrote, Godly character is the basis for courageous witness for Jesus Christ no matter what the result. That statement as a whole sums up Stephen's life, and we'll get into that later. But Stephen did not care what the results were. He knew that death might be his punishment if he were to share the gospel, but he didn't care. So there, there are five things we can take away from Stephen here. First off is he was full of the Holy Spirit. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, that means you have the relationship with him. And it shows in your outward appearance. It shows you're full of the Holy Spirit. That's said in verse 10 when it says, But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit from which he was speaking. He was speaking of like he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, so people heard God through what he was saying. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you know, you think of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You think of all of that. And Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, so he had all of that. Second thing, also in verse 10, is Stephen was full of wisdom. And it says there in verse 10 again, they cannot withstand the wisdom. And if, if you want to go into ministry, you have to know, obviously, some things before, like you can't just go in the ministry blind. So Stephen had to have the wisdom, and, and God gave him the wisdom to share the gospel and to speak the words that he said. 
And these next two, I think, are the biggest two of the, of the five uh, things about Stephen. And third thing is Stephen was full of faith. And go to uh, um, verse 5, and it says, And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So how many times, how, how often do, if something goes wrong, do we question and say, why, why us, God? Why, why is this happening? And I feel like we do that way too often. I agree. I mean, I really think that, that a lot of times we, uh, like Rick Burgess talks about this some, you know, with um, what happened to his son. You know, his son mm-hmm. passed away and how um, you almost think, what what did we do to deserve this? Yeah. And um, he says, I, I hear people all the time say, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? But the real question, and this is exactly what he said, and I thought it was great. He said, where are all these good people that they're talking about? You know, yeah. we're all sinners and we don't deserve any anything good to happen to us. So the fact that we get any good in the first place, the fact that we get a chance to even live, uh, live in eternity with Jesus is should be enough for, you know, for the rest of our lives. That should be all the, the gift of grace we ever need. You know, we shouldn't think, OK, well, you know, Jesus has given us his, you know, he's sacrificed himself for us. Now I won't, you know the dream job now i want mm-hmm. you know the i want this to finish this degree and finish uh with highest honors and i want you know i want to do whatever you know we we feel like we are entitled almost to a point to where you know we um we're it's almost like god owes us something is yeah. how we look at it when when the truth is you know like the song nothing else by cody corns i mm-hmm. love when it says you know jesus i don't owe you anything you know that i don't want anything else but you because that's that's the truth that's um, God doesn't owe us anything because we're the ones who messed up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Rick Burgess there today because I was listening to um, his latest Bible study this morning, and he had talked about um, just people always looking for miracles and things like that. And he, he went through like several of people that he knew and evangelists and stuff like that who are godly, godly men, and they and they died in tragic ways. They died young, and you know, if people say, "Why didn't you know God heal them? Why didn't you do those things?" And it was because they didn't have faith. And, and that reason, and God doesn't heal anyone. That and that was the, kind of the point he was getting to. And he's like, you know, I I don't know for a fact, but like these men are in heaven right now, and people act like that's a bad thing, for, like for something that tragic to happen to them. But the reality is they're living, you know, everlasting life in heaven. And like you mentioned, um, it's kind of always like, what can God do for us instead of what can we do for God? That's the mindset yeah. we have all the time. It's always take, 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 and never mm-hmm. give anything back. And when God doesn't give to us, we question why it doesn't happen. It's like how many times are our prayers about things that God mm-hmm. can do for mm-hmm. us? You know, God, can can you help me pass this test? God, can you help me, you know, in this area of my life? Can you um, can you heal this person that I know that's sick? You know, how many times is, is our prayer self-centered versus God-centered? Mm-hmm. How, like, that kind of like Ananias, how many times are we looking out for ourselves more than looking out for others or what yeah. what what is best that God thinks is best for us at the same time. So so like you're talking about Rick Burgess, with his son dying, he never doubted God, mm-hmm. and Stephen never doubted God either, and he knew God would have his back because I mean when Stephen going into ministry and sharing the gospel, he knows what's going to happen. So obviously there's going to be a fear there, uh, but he didn't care. He didn't worry about that because he had he was he had faith in God that it was all going to work out. So he didn't really. He didn't care. It was important. I mean, it was important for him to trust it because he obviously was going into ministry, and because he trusted, lives were impacted because of it. Even before Stephen died, lives were still impacted by it. So Stephen was Stephen's full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of wisdom, full of faith, and the fourth thing is he's full of grace. 
And the greatest thing, or the greatest way God had, like, we've ever seen grace is when God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. And Stephen saw that. He saw God reveal his grace at the cross when he sent Jesus to die. And he passed that grace on to everybody he came in contact with. And we'll read a little later on in verse 60 of how he was pleading with God not to hold his own death against the people. And that, that's important because God did show us all grace when he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think that's just big because God knew, God, he knew that we were a fallen creation after Adam and Eve. He knew we were a fallen creation. But he still had grace to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. And I, and, and I think if we walk around in a way that we we show God's grace to everybody. How differently would our lives be? How different would our community groups be? How different would would just be like how how would our relationships with people be if we showed God's grace to them? Ninety five or a hundred percent of the time, not even ninety five percent of the time, hundred percent of the time. So Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of grace. And the fifth thing is Stephen was full of power. And we go back to verse ten or excuse me, verse 8, and it says, And Stephen says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great work, great wonders and signs amongst the people. And I, I really, and especially right before I left to go to your house, Brody, to, to, come, to come up here, I was reading through this and I saw, like, the wisdom, faith, grace, and power all comes because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And, how, and if you live a life that you're full of the Holy Spirit, all of these things will come with it. You'll have faith, you'll have the wisdom, you'll have grace, and you'll have the power to do great things, like it said Stephen was doing. So, comparing the two. So you have Ananias, who was looking out for himself, pocketed some money off of the land, and didn't give it all to the church. You have uh, Stephen, rather, who was willing to sacrifice everything to be able to share the gospel and share his ministry. So, So, your ovation, what will it be? That, that, that can kind of be the overarching question. So let's skip down to uh, chapter 7 and verses 54 through 60, and then we're going to go up to, and we're going to read chat, a few verses in chapter 8 too. So chapter 7, verse 54 says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. So a little background information. In, in all of chapter 7, Stephen is delivering the speech, and he's talking all the way back from, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He's talking about that to to Moses, to, to Joseph, to Abraham. He's talking about all of, the, all of those men in, in the early times and how God worked through their lives. And the people were outraged because of it. Verse 55, this is a big one. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he's, in verse 56, says, And behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So many times do we hear God, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. But in this instance, he is standing at the right hand of God, which, which is big. We'll get into that in a minute. Verse 57 says, But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, soon to become Paul. And, they were, and as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, and this is as I was saying earlier, Stephen was trying to show, was hoping God would not hold this against the people. Here in verse 59 it says, And they were stoning Stephen, and he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
Falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And as he said this, he fell asleep. Move over to verse or chapter 8, rather, verse 1. And Saul approved of this execution. So this is when Saul is persecuting the church. He's killing Christians, all of this. This is before Damascus. This is before he became Paul. And, and there arose a day of great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they all were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 2, devout men buried Stephen. What kind of men buried Ananias? Young men. Young, ordinary men. Who buried Stephen? Devout men. Like, Ananias lived a life that, and, and he, he, he fell into sin, he did all that, that just ordinary men buried him, took care of him after he died. Devout men took care of Stephen because of what he did for the kingdom of God. So, let, let's go back to verse 55 and 56, the big ones. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen saw the ability to share the gospel and he took it. He fully knew what the consequences were going to be, as I've said. He, he had to have faith. He had to have wisdom to do all of this because, because he was going to share the gospel. Be, but because of this, Jesus stood up as Stephen was dying. He got, he got the saying, when Stephen got to heaven, he got the saying, well done, my good and faithful one. Because he had lived a life that, that showed God to everybody. And this is what really spoke to me out of all of this, is are we really living a life that others see Christ in us? That when we die, are we going to get to heaven? And are we going to get, is God going to tell us, well done, my good and faithful one? Or is he going to ridicule us for how we lived our life? And how we didn't show Christ through our life. That's what's really stuck with me. That stuck with me a lot this past week especially. It's almost like are we looking for our praise here on this earth. Or are we looking for our praise in eternity. Exactly. And and going back to Rick Burgesson. We'll close with this. And we'll discuss that. We'll have some discussion time after this. Rick Burgess said this once. And I think Trey or Matt said this too at some point in time. I probably wrote it down somewhere but I don't remember. But it's, we're saved by grace from sin, not saved by grace to sin. And God shows his grace to us, and, and Ananias had God's grace with him. But he took that, how many, he took that and tried to do everything to, to, to help him out, not, not to help the kingdom of God out. How many times do we do that? We can't abuse the grace that exactly. we've been given. How many times mm-hmm. are, are we abusing the grace that God gives us and not re- and not using it for his glory and his honor. So many, like, like I said, many times we act like Ananias. We just doing enough to get by and worrying about what would benefit us or how we look to others. We look out for our best interests and how we can influence others. We need to take the approach of Stephen with who, no matter the circumstance, his focus was squarely on God. That's where our time and attention should be focused every single day so that we can glorify him. In a life like Stephen, we have a... We have like a joy that never fades when we have a life like that. So I'm going to play this video, and I, I think back, this, this happened a few weeks ago, and the Oklahoma softball team, and they, they became famous for what they said in the press conference of, of how, they, how they looked to glorify God through all they did and, and without, because they had so much success and all of that. So here's what infielder Grace Lyons had to say. 
way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. And um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. So I think about that a lot because Oklahoma, I mean, they just won their third straight national championship. They won 60-some-odd games in a row. Like It, it was a crazy number. And they play in front of like thousands of fans every game, and but they don't care about what the fans think. They only care about what God thinks, and they only and they care about putting on an outward appearance that is glorifying to God, and it brings that joy. And I think of Firm Foundation. You said this before, in in the line of Firm Foundation, it says, "I've got joy in chaos, and I've got peace that makes no sense." When we live a life, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, when we have that relationship with God. And and we live it, and so other people see that we have that peace that may make that makes no sense, but we have that peace from the Holy Spirit, and and like like Oklahoma, they don't care what the fans think; they only care what God thinks. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Colossians three twenty three, and it says, "Whatever you do, uh, whether in word or deed, do it for the Lord, not for men." And I think that's big. So, like my closing thought, I'll say is, may we go out and live a life. In that we don't care what other people may think, but we live a life that makes God stand and, and tell us, well done, my good and faithful one. That's good. That's good. I agree. Um, I really like some things you said there, Grant. And, and while um, while you were talking, I was flipping through my Bible because I, I thought of a few different things that I wanted to hit on, you know, thoughts that it made me have while you were speaking. Um, so the first thing was being in Mark chapter 7. Um I really didn't know exactly where to find this, but I finally found it. And it uh, this is when Jesus is with his disciples, and they're talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are here, and, and if you don't know what a Pharisee is, a Pharisee is like, of the day, it was like the, the they were supposed to be the most holy people. You know, they were the people who knew, they knew the Bible. They were, um, they were like high up in your churches, and they were, they were supposed to be the religious leaders of the day. And so Jesus was with his 12 disciples, and uh, they were eating food. And, and this is kind of long, so I'm going to try to sum it up best I can. But, um, you know, it says the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law were um, in Jerusalem. They gathered around Jesus, and the disciples were eating food with their hands that were defiled that was unwashed. And so in parentheses in my Bible, it says the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands in a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups and pitchers and kettles. So that's just talking about how in the, the, you know, the tradition of the day was you were clean when you ate. And so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, this is in verse 5, asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with their defiled hands? And he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding out, holding on to human traditions. And so, like, that right there just shows you that, that we, can, we can play the part and we can, um, in so many ways, we can act like we are 
have it all together and and we can do things where other people see us and where you know like, oh I'm I'm my hands are clean when I eat and and these people that 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 are following Jesus they're you know they're just forsaken tradition and how many times do we get caught up on the tradition of things and we miss the things that Jesus has plainly told us to do you know like like Stephen stepping out in in faith and telling telling somebody about Jesus and and living for living for God like how many times do we miss the the things that are right there in front of us because we're so focused on on such small things and we get caught up on on such small traditions and things like that so that was one thing that really spoke to me another thing was when you were talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and how Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit because you know earlier in Acts it talks about in chapter 1 verse 8 well, I'll start in verse 7. It says, He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But that part, that first part of verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that should give us confidence right there that even though we may not have it all figured out, that we may not know our Bible from cover to cover, when we step out in faith, the Holy Spirit is going to be there with us, and yeah. He's going to empower us and give us give us the words to say. Um, I, I was just uh, this past week. I've been helping with my church camp at uh, at the beach, and Ed Newton was the preacher there. And the um, he, you know, we talked about the Trinity. That was the topic of the week, which is a pretty mm-hmm. deep topic for for youth. I yeah. thought, but he broke it down really well. And something he said that was really cool um, was talking about the Holy Spirit and how um, he was talking about how somebody asked him one time would would it not just be better if Jesus was just with us you know this whole time yeah. and, and you know he said that we would rather have the Holy Spirit inside of us than Jesus right beside us and at first I was like I don't know about that you know I was like if Jesus was right here in this room and followed me around every day I was like I don't know if you could if the Holy Spirit's better than that because I've got Jesus right here and he, he said, okay, let's let's make this into an easier way to understand it. And he said, what if if uh, I was on a basketball team and Michael Jordan was my coach? And Michael Jordan, he ran us through drills. He ran us through practices. He was there on the sidelines with us. And he was – and, like, I mean, we could be pretty good, right? Michael Jordan was our coach, and he's teaching us all these things and showing us how to – how to shoot, how to how to dribble, all his moves, but would would we be better off with him as our coach, or if Michael Jordan could take a piece of him and put it inside of us and actually play through us? Who would be the better basketball player? And that really just like that was crazy to me. That's when, good. When yeah. he That's when he broke good. it down oh, that yeah. way, I was like, I'd never thought about it like that. You know, Jesus has put a piece of himself inside of us to where we have the power to. To do, to do what the Holy Spirit can do, and it's not us; it's it's the Holy Spirit working through us, which is so cool. So that was something else that I really took away was just talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. how and the power that He has through us if we'll just allow Him to work and submit to His will. I don't have much to add to either of that. Both of that was really good. Um, y'all both hit the nail on the head right there. But especially you, Grant, you did a great job with this. But a few things that um, came across my mind was um, we was just talking about um, when Stephen uh, saw Jesus stand, like you talked about, mm-hmm. when he stood at the right hand of God. You know, there, there are just some verses when you read them at certain times, and 
you know, some verses when you read them one time, they don't hit you as hard as they do other times. And it all just depends on when you read it and where you are in your in your walk. But um, just like I talked about in episode one where um, it says in Revelation, I know your works that you were neither cold nor hot. I wish you were colder, cold or hot. So then because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There's just some verses that just make you sit back and think and be like, wow, you know, God mm-hmm. would rather us turn away from him completely than, than face him. And the same thing with that verse when you said that because of because of Stephen's faith that, that Jesus literally stood up and gave an ovation and it hits you like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And imagine just having that mindset all the time like in, in this moment I'm doing something that is pleasing the Lord so much that he is standing at the right hand of God and giving me an ovation. And um, another thing that you talked about um, in verse 8 when talking about the people that carried them out when they had died. And another thing that um, that I thought about was in verse 8 when it talked about Ananias being carried out and and who carried Stephen out after they had both died. And like you said, young men carried Ananias out. And what was the word that described? Devout. Devout men carried Stephen out. And it just kind of reminded me like who we surround ourselves with because if Stephen wasn't this faithful man who carried around this, you know, lived like Jesus did to his best ability um, and carried that in his heart. Do you think those devout men would have would have carried him out? Do you think that's who he's around? And, and these young men who weren't devout men carried Ananias out. And so that, that just, you know, that's something that I thought about with that is just who we surround ourselves with mm-hmm. and who our friends are. And, you know, our character is reflected through who our friends are sometimes. And I'll say, and I, I kind of mentioned earlier, but, like, one thing that's, like, really spoke to me was that we do, we a lot of times do just enough to get by. And, and are, are, are we giving God 100% because he, he really, like, needs 100% because what he's done for us. He, he deserves our, our, our everything, but are we giving him everything? And and that's what's really that's what stuck with me, especially the past week or so that I've kind of been re rereading this material and all of that. That and that that was one of my main takeaways, just on a personal level, not as just trying to speak this, but as a, on a personal level as well. Yeah, uh, I I really like that too. Um, there was one other thing that I thought of that this was kind of this kind of a little different than what we talked about, but it was it kind of goes along with it, I think at the same time. So. Um, so there's so many times that we have uh, that there's a lot of people who who do things whether it's giving uh, a donation to something or it's you know preaching the gospel and it's out of an impure motive right you know it's it's to be seen or it's out of selfish ambition or whatever but in uh, in Philippians it talks about um, when people do that because you know Paul's talking about when he's in prison and he's in chains how um, you know even in that that Christ is is still being preached and how, um, you know, people are, are furthering the gospel because of that. And, um, here I'll read it. I think it's starting in verse 16. It says, uh, or let's see, let's start in verse 14. And it says, uh, because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Verse 15, it says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry and others out of goodwill. And it says, the latter do so out of love. Knowing that I'm here for the defense of the gospel, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. 
verse 18. It says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. So what I took from that and how I want to kind of relate this to what we just talked about is, you know, there's a lot of things that happen and a lot of impure motives that, that can be ushered in through, not even on purpose, but just when we get caught up in wanting to be seen doing something. You know, the fact of the matter is that that in that, that Christ can still work. Mm-hmm. You know, he can still, his word still moves through those situations. And while maybe it's not, you know, out of the best, out of a pure heart that that's happening, but Christ still moves through that. And that's something, too, that we need to, you know, be grateful for is that even in in our our own sin and our own um, in our own selfish ways of trying to get something out of it, that Christ can still work through that. To me, that's something that really speaks to me. I, I, I don't know if, if y'all kind of feel like that related or not, but I just kind of that's something yeah, that I kind of think it's a good point either way. Mm-hmm. It, and it it is crazy to think about that even when, um, like you said, when like you're even you're doing something for your glory that God's will will be done. And it says that, I mean, whether, you know, you're trying or not, God's will will be done. And, and God can use you for his will, uh, but it's, you know, up to you whether you do that. He's, he can't make you do anything. It's, it's all our choice. Yeah, and like Rick Burgess said this one time, I don't I think it was in the Genesis Bible study, but he said, um, you know, we get to be a part of God's will, and mm-hmm. he gives us the opportunity to, to just play a part in his master plan that he's got and and we should we should take every opportunity like that that we that we're given and jump on it but mm-hmm. so many times we don't it's like and getting the greatest be, role in the best movie of all time and we get to be in it yeah that's what it's like yeah yeah grant i think everything that you know that we talked about today i think that's great you know talking about how we need to um really focus on who we want our applause to come from, and, and do we want it to be now for this temporary life, or do we want it to be for um, an eternity with Jesus? So, um, Grant, with that, would you would you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for many blessings that you watch over us today, God. And thank you, God, for letting us be able to have this platform, God, to be able to share uh, share our thoughts of, of your word and what, what your word says. And, God, we hope that lives are impacted by that, God. And I, I just pray, God, that, that with, what I, with what was spoken tonight, God, that we live a life that is pleasing to you, that is glorifying you, that other people see you through us, God. And we don't worry about ourselves as much, God. Help us, God, as we go throughout this week and go throughout the, the next part of the year and our, the, our lives, God. Help us to be able to live a life that is glorifying and honoring you, God. Jesus, I pray. Hey everybody, this is Brody Gravett. And I'm Grant Wakefield. We want to thank you for listening to episode 2 of our Bible study series, Because He Lives. Make sure you're following us on all social media. Our Instagram is at Grant and Brody Show. On Twitter, you can follow us at Grant and Brody. Search us on Facebook, The Grant and Brody Show. Or you can email us at grantandbrodyshow at gmail.com. Make sure you spell out the word and. That's right, Grant. We want to thank you for listening to The Grant and Brody Show. For our entire crew... Jacob Davis, I'm Brody Gravett, and I'm Grant Wakefield. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Grant and Brody Show.